the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. <laughs> Liberty in America is under assault. We no longer live in a reality that includes property rights. We're no longer the kings of our own castle. We no longer enjoy the true benefits of capitalism. Instead, we're negotiating our rights with our own government. This isn't how our country was founded. These aren't the ideas of our founders. It's time to seize back our country. This is the Liberty Hour, where these important issues will be discussed for the sake of America's future. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Constitution in the other, here's your host, Sean Thompson. This is the Liberty Hour, each and every Sunday night, 10 to 11. This is where we dissect and reject political talking points of both parties, designed specifically to seize your liberty and grow their power. Now, before we get on to the Keynesian mafia and the five families, before we prove to you that the Republicans are trying to backdoor implement an austerity program that they think will offset their Keynesian economic policies, we have a little change up here at the Liberty Hour. Now, as you know, if you listen to the show, I have my loyal sidekick, my version of Tanto, who's... Rather ugly, with a very large head. I've nicknamed him Macbeth. That's true. Now, Macbeth has a situation where he is a new daddy today. Because as we know, the best kids ever are born in November. So, Macbeth, give me the name of your handsome new son, only because he looks like his mother. His name's Peter. Peter what? Come on, the middle name's important. Peter Russell. He's named after both of his uh, grandparents. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Now, he was a big strapping boy, wasn't he? Yeah, he's eight pounds, fourteen ounces. Wow, wow! And you know, if yeah, uh, that's if the thing a mother never forgives a child for, you know. Oh, absolutely. Now, now, if you were here, because you're the only one who knows how to work at the Facebook, as I like to refer to it, you could uh, put the picture of your son up on my Facebook. But no one else can figure it out. I am here with Shaggy, and he is way well, off schedule. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's why you get the big box. But I think it's yeah. important that we all congratulate Macbeth on the birth of his strapping young son, and may he be a constitutional son. Did you, did you, did you, did you uh, read him the Declaration of Independence and the Bill of Rights as I instructed you? Well, with the amount of pain he put my wife through, I read him the riot act first. <laughs> yes. Nice, nice. Well, listen. See, I told you he was more witty than me. Yeah, he is. Well, you know, it's the hair. Um, but listen. It's also the, the demented nature of my brain, but yeah. Yeah. It is, it is. Yeah. But you're going to like the show today, Macbeth. You're going to like it. I had so many things happen this week. Um, got in, in my usual little uh, argument with Proft, and we're going to prove, as we do in this hour, how right I am and how wrong he is with his Northwestern degrees. Throwing that of out. Of course. Well, you're always right, you know, at least during 10 to 11 p.m. 10 to 11 p.m. where I'm always right. I like it. That might be the new tagline. Listen, Macbeth, God bless that new baby and your wife and you. So... Thank you, brother. Rock that kid to sleep. Very good. Very proud of you. Very proud of you. (laughs) 
All right, thank you. Let me know after the show. He'll send me all the tweets, Shaggy. You know what he does? He sends me all the tweets. You stunk at this. You didn't transition right. You missed the... the, the true. Oh, it's got to be tweets. Yeah. I am merciless. Yeah, just hang up on him. Let's get on to the show. Listen, McBeth, love you, brother. Talk to you next week. See you in person. Oh, yeah. No excuses. All right, very good. So now let me get, <laughs> get on to it, Shaggy. What happened um, this week was that during... Um, you know, it's it's hard. It's a short week. Did I mention it's my it was my birthday week? No, you didn't. Yeah, shameless, shameless self plug. Uh, it was my birthday week, and I I, uh, I call in to Proft after he has Stephen Moore on. And one thing I've noticed, and if you've listened to the show, low these many weeks, the argument that I have is that the Republicans and Democrats are pretty much two arms of the same beast, and that that beast, it's not just intended to seize your liberty. It's intended to enslave future generations like Macbeth's new son, and, and Macbeth's new son's son. And they do that through their failure. They do that through their spending, through their debt. They do that through onerous taxation that we have called the Republican cut, 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 cut bill, whatever it is that uh, the Donald wants to call it now. Because what it really is, is more manipulation, more backdoor austerity, more penalizing of the people who are really earning the real money, and more funneling of welfare through uh, earned income tax credits, through uh, paying people to have kids, regardless of, of the productivity of, of, of themselves or their family or their future. And it's just a way to social engineer society through laws. And that the greatest weapon of the, of the true fascist, which is not just the Republican, or the, it's, it's, it, it, it's turned into what was once our representative government. And what you're seeing now, and you're getting little excerpts of it, and I watched all the Sunday shows today, and it's all the same sexual harassment, right, and how it's, how it's graduated over the years, and Bill Clinton now would be judged harshly, and all that's, all that's being played out, you know, because to distract us from the fact that these people we give this arbitrary power to, which is what really government is. What is government? I always like to ask communists this and socialists when they start to talk, as if this small collective of people somehow are, are more wise, somehow are more uh, uh, honorable. And, and what you see is that's not the case. That was never the case. That's why the, the, the country was founded in checks and balances system meant to stop tyranny. And what has happened low these many years is it, that it streamlined itself to where presidents can write executive orders, to where Congress can spend endless money, to where the money can be printed unbeknownst to the citizens who are obligated to pay it back. And I think we are in the most interesting of times because this is when the pimple pops, baby. This is what you're seeing. $20 trillion in debt. Republican tax bills really are just examples of what Democrat tax bills would be. And they hide behind this false rumor of Republicans are fiscally responsible and Democrats aren't, when the reality is they're both achieving the same common goal which is the endless government spending and the excuse to constantly borrow more. Because during these talk shows today, whether it's uh, Face the Nation or what's the one with the music like you're, you're having a heart attack, Meet the Press, oh, I love the music. In fact, do we have, the, let me see here, where's the clip of uh, Meet the it's Press? It's in yellow. This Sunday, I love sexual it. harassment, a national turning point, or is it? After refusing to back Alabama's Roy Moore. The president said if the allegations are true, you love the music? Roy Moore should step aside. President Trump decides to stand by his man. I can tell you one thing It's appropriately sure. intense. 
Yeah. We don't need a liberal person in there, a Democrat. Right, and that's meant. And then when you know, I, when you watch these shows, now they cart out Nancy Pelosi. If, if she knew where she was, she'd tell you. So they cart her out, right? And they tell they, now it's about John Conyers. He he's going to step down from these pretend little bureaucracies that they have inside. Forget the fact that. John Conyers doesn't know if it's Tuesday or July. He, he didn't even know he was the head of the, the committee. He's going to step down now. He's been paying off uh, uh, girls he's been harassing with the public money, right? And then you got the comedian, Al Franken. He's really going to answer questions. And the reality is he's going back to work tomorrow. That they live to a different standard. Whether that standard applies to uh, what, we, what is now deemed as harassment, whether it's insider trading, whether it's laws they pass on us, that the reality is they are judged at a different level because they're in charge of themselves, right? It's like taking uh, uh, John Gotti and making him the judge of his own trial. Well, what do you think is going to happen? Nothing. Nothing's going to happen except this pretend emergency. And what's really going to happen is December 8th is around the corner. And December 8th is the date that these talk show hosts really didn't want to talk about. Because that's the date that the continuing resolution, where they just continue to spend money recklessly and insane, that's just going to automatically go up. And that the, the Nancy Pelosi and the Barack Obama and the Harry I Can't Feel My Face read, their excuses all those years ago when every all the Republicans were so mad at the debt, All their excuses to lift the ceilings, those are going to be recited now by the Republicans. And it's going to be recited by not just the the Republicans you love to hate, like old lady face Mitch McConnell or Woody from Toy Story, Paul Ryan. You know, I get these Trump guys and they say, aren't these guys terrible? Your guy, Donald Trump, is talking already about an infrastructure plan. He's been talking about it. He's promoting a a phony tax bill that's going to really raise taxes on everybody making money, and it's going to it's going to give more people who don't make that much money more free stuff. It's welfare sold by a Republican as a tax cut. That the point of of uh, you know I had uh, one of the callers into the show, and if you want to call the show, it's three one two six four two fifty six hundred. If you listen to the show, I have, we have the, the morning show people who call during my show because I was one of those morning show callers. I am a morning show caller. And uh, they call up, and, and, and what's happened during the Trump, uh, the, the, the Trump administration is that people have, have really fallen into this, I'm a Republican, and Donald Trump is, is like an old Republican, and he's better than the new Republicans. And they're arguing for these same Keynesian uh, points. So I get this tweet sent to me from Candace from DuPage, who I love, love her. And she sends me this, this poll, and she's always trying to win me over with the, this, at least Trump is great. And the poll is, who's better, Barack or Donald? And the answer is, they're both the number one students of Keynesian economics. They're both selling you the same things. You just like this guy more than the other guy. This is the Liberty Hour, 312-642-5600. We will be back after these messages. This is the Liberty Hour. Here's your host, Sean Thompson, on AM560, The Answer. This is the Liberty Hour. Each and every Sunday night, I think it's the fastest hour of my weekend, from 10 to 11, we get to dissect and discuss the political talking points we've been inundated with all week. 
sold by both parties, whether it's the Brooks Brothers suit or it's the cheap off the rack J. Crew suit. It's the same Keynesian philosophy, the same goal, which is all. And, and you know what's sickening about it? It's working. And you see it's working as you hear the arguments by ex-former capitalists. And this was my discussion, as I was saying before we and, and, and celebrating Macbeth's new son. Um, you're hearing the former Republicans, and I noticed this, the former capitalists in the Republican Party, whether they be side-saddle Grover Norquist or a guy who I respect a lot and I thought was a, was a, a Reagan economic advisor, Stephen Moore. And what you're hearing is these guys pointing to a high stock market. What you're hearing is these ex-capitalists, these Republican economists, demanding for a 3% inflation growth. And I have to say, that is so outrageous to me and so anti-stable dollar and anti-fundamental economics, it's mind-boggling that it is now being preached and talked about by radio hosts coast to coast, by guys on TV, as if inflation is good for us. We're being basically inundated with the Bastiat, the Frederick Bastiat broken window, which is what Keynesianism is all about. And the reason I'm going to go into this is that as I get these tweets from the Candaces from DuPage, as I get these, these tweets from people who for eight years rejected, rightfully so, rejected the Keynesian economic base of the Democrat Party, that they are now chanting for it because Republicans are saying the same thing. And I find if, if we don't correct this, then no one is going to, you know, as it is now, I don't hear Republicans talk about the debt anymore. Nobody really talks about the debt. They don't care about it. As we hear now, Republicans, like these former capitalists, are calling for infrastructure spending, are backing a Republican tax bill that is a swindle, is a three-card Monty, is designed to double down on a progressive tax system that taxes who... who certain society feels are rich it is it is the same formula that we rejected as as the tea party when obama was in charge that nancy pelosi calling for um the debt increase is it was was an outrage when it happened eight years ago now you're hearing republicans do it and no one is rejecting it these are these are people who were integral in the tea party movement which was a, a movement, if you're a fundamentalist, if you, if you believe in liberty, if you believe in property rights, the Tea Party movement, that swell, that groundswell, was something to be optimistic and proud of. My problem with Trumpism is that it's based in the same fundamental as Obamanism, as Keynesianism, only this time it's being embraced by the Republicans. It's being embraced by those people who rejected Obama-nomics. And what you see in today's market, in today's propaganda, is it's being sold by the people who were, who were the lead in rejecting Obamanomics. And I can't figure out why you're now embracing it. So if you're one of these people who's a Trump guy, and you think that this infrastructure is good for the economy, and you think that a Republican tax bill that doubles down on a progressive tax is better this time because Obama's not in charge. I don't know how you justify that. That what you really have in this Republican bill 
as the layers come back, is a form of Greek austerity sold as a tax cut. And people don't understand. What, what is austerity? What is the sales pitch of austerity? And that is to, to gradually raise taxes Well, you pretend to pull down welfare through government spending and hiring in the economy. That is called the Trump infrastructure plan. That what we have now is the same bad ideas, only this time it's sold by a, pe- by a guy re- calling himself a Republican. How can that possibly work? Well, we have one of our favorite callers on the line who's going to help me. She's always insightful. I really like her. Give me Sharon and Itasca. Sharon, how are you? Hi, I'm great. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. And I wanted to make my comment brief. I believe that consciously or unconsciously, the American electorate has surrendered to the bureaucratic, to the bureaucracy, known as the government, falsely believing that they could do things better for us than we could do ourselves. One example, I'm considered a woman-owned business in Illinois. I have not signed up for minority-owned status, particularly myself, and I refuse to do so because I value my liberty much too much. People are just stupefied and dumbed down and conned into believing that the powers that be in central Washington could do everything better for the public than we can do ourselves. Until we wake up one day when everything collapses and it's going to do it at $22 trillion in debt, where they no longer can function, they're too busy, and I called Roscom's office saying, you guys are too busy slapping yourselves on the back. Don't insult our intelligence by calling your new tax plan tax reform. There's nothing reformative about it. Now, Sharon... Would be eliminating the IRS. Sharon, I got to tell you something. I honestly, and I mean it. I've listened to you call other shows, and I've listened to you call on this show. I was so proud of our little of our our little network we built during the and I say this rightful rejection of Obamanomics. I was so proud of the amount of Illinoisans and the amount of Americans who said, "I am not in for this Keynesian fraudulent." You remember when it was the solar place, uh, Solyndra, and and the funding of of pick and choose. Uh, uh, sections of our economy that Obama thought was important and how we all rejected it. Why are those same people embracing it when it's sold under Trump? Is it just the fact that you're right and they're stupefied, or are we all Keynesians now? Well, I think that we have bought into the... We've been drinking the Kool-Aid for so many decades. As Mark Levin, if I may quote his name, said, this has been a slow and steady and incremental reorganization of the human mind of the American soul and spirit. And until we get that back, if we don't hit the streets with pitchforks and torches, so to speak, and say, we're not going to give you our tax revenue for one year. We're going to take care of our own. These people are not going to learn because all we've managed to do is keep the Kinseyans in power. We keep the bureaucrats continuing in power, and we lose our own. And it just there seems to be a blurred line between what they do for us versus what a real man and woman could do for them, him or herself, and their respective families. And congratulations, by the way, to your sidekicks and the birth of his new son. Oh, thank you so much, Sharon. Thanks, as always, a great call. And the, and, and the saddest part about the call is that she's exactly correct, that we have been slow-cooked into believing that this small group, this small collectivist group, has somehow a better idea of where society needs, or where the economy needs to be penalized and where it needs to be rewarded. And what you see, and you know, I'm going to tell you something, Shaggy, that I... I I have to tell you, people need to do. There is something going on with, as you see the debauchery in Washington, as you see these longtime 30-year scoundrels, right? Like, uh, how about the, the, the Republican fella that, that was taking the selfies of himself, uh, Joe Barton from Texas? Do you hear about this guy? 
320 pounds of just ugly, taking pictures of himself nude. I mean, this guy's so big he needed one of those selfie sticks. And he's sending it in a text message to a mistress. I mean, this, these are the people. Now, we've gone down the list in our, in our last show. The, 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 the outright scum of, of, of the history of Ted Kennedy, right? And the outright the corruption of you pick a senator. Pick a congressman. The laundry list of people in trouble is, is endless, and it's going to be more. You think it's going to end with John Conyers, who's been in a position of power. He's the longest-serving Congress, Democrat congressman. He's been doing this. This settlement is from the 80s. These people are the ones that we are saying, yes, here's more power. Yes, here's more debt to spend. In fact, let's just continue down the road that you guys, you small collective in Washington, you see fit. And we're supposed to take a back seat now because it's a Republican? Well, I got news for you. For six years of the Obama administration, those were Republicans. The debt that went from $9 trillion to 19 those are Republicans that did that. That right now what you're seeing, this continuing resolution, December 8th, is there any question that the debt ceiling will be raised? Is there any doubt in anyone's mind that they won't continue to do the ridiculous Keynesian policies they are doing now? The answer is no. They're going to continue down the tax and spend policies. And now you're going to hear all of a sudden Democrats will come out. And I heard it today on Meet the Depressed or Meet the Press and uh, Face the Nation and, and uh, I, the one with Martha Raddus, whatever the case is. You're hearing the same Thing. All that happens is the roles are reversed. Now the Democrats care about the debt. Before it was the Republicans. In the meantime, our liberty shrinks, their strength and rule over us grows. Liberty Hour, 312 642 5600. We'll be back. Liberty Hour. Call Sean now at 312-642-5600. This is the Liberty Hour. Each and every week, rejecting the same tyranny, whether it's sold by a Republican or a Democrat. Now, we had Republicans as far as the eye can see. Congress, the Senate, the White House. Has the tax and spend policies changed? No, no, no. Has, has the obligation for the future to pay off the failures of today changed? Not at all. We just think we can wield the failure a little better under our new management. When I was hoping for the fundamental rejection of this kind of abuse, of this kind of Keynesian economics, of this kind of bastiat, breaking a window is good for the economy type philosophy our government has demonstrated all this time. Now, being from Illinois... When, when, uh, when Obama was elected, I thought the country would say, God, look at what terrible shape Illinois has been in for 50 years. Let's not do those policies. But did the nation say that? No, 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 no. They liked Obama then, and they said, let's double down. He's got a good idea. So the experiment of Keynesian economics and failure sold in small dosage with big debt, that went on. And what happens? Nothing. Not only doesn't the country get better, Illinois doesn't get better. And we got a guy on the line who likes to talk about it. Give me Mike on the north side. I love him. Mike, how are you? Thanks for calling. Hi, thanks for taking my call. This is all about corporate cronyism. Practice the Chicago way. Exactly. Corporate cronyism. They take government assets that are owned by the people, and they give them the private entities that they are part of. They did it with the Skyway. 
They did it with the parking meters, and believe it or not, they did it with Navy Pier. We don't own that. That's owned by a foundation run by the Daly family, and we have to subsidize them. And what happened with Rahm Emanuel and his 50 thieves with this new budget, where everybody gets a tax increase? What happened? It passes without... How many guys voted against it, Mike? Three guys voted against it. But the thing you have to look at is they also refinance stuff so the... we are owned by the banks. We're slaves to the banks. Well, that's what I always say about Rounier. Bruce Rauner and his cohort of banker scumbags, that it is in their best interest when we fail, because it costs us more money to fund the failure in the form of interest, that when we're junk-rated or damn near it, it's the greatest thing in the world for these guys. Bankers well, don't want... what it. I want you to do. Yeah. This is one thing you have to do, you and all your listeners. Go online. I want you to buy a book that's out of print. It's by Ovid Damaris. It's called Captive City, Chicago in Chains. It's an old book, and he documented how the mob in Chicago would put their sons and nephews into legitimate businesses, then use government power to direct resources to those businesses and punish punish the competitors. And that's just what the Dailies and Madigans and the Burks are doing now. Mm -hmm. They put their relatives in businesses, and like you said, that Solyndra, government chooses the winners and losers. Exactly. Come on, Pritzker. $5 million to build a, a hotel in, in Hyde Park. Now, first of all, they're multi-billionaires. They've never paid the taxes they should on the real estate they hold. They manipulate that that whole system, as Pritzker shows you with his neighbor, right? The Luke Costello lookalike. And what's going to happen? What's his penalty for all of this, this esteemed generational corruption? He's going to be the next governor. Lou Costello and his wife that looks like a hand grenade went off next to her, and she's still scared about it. They're going to be the next first lady and, and governor. No question about it. So, Mike, I'll tell you what. Disgusted with a lot of it. I really am. And where, where's the correction? That's why I loved, under, under uh, uh, Obamanomics, the rise of the Tea Party. And it was so refreshing to hear all the capitalism, the we must save what, what built the country, the true capitalism to restore the property rights. All of a sudden, Trump wins, and now we're all in. Now we're all in with the same failed Keynesian economics, and now you're telling me this time it's good for me. That Stephen Moore comes on the morning show with Dan and Amy. Let's give them all their proper credit, Shaggy. I don't like when they get mad. It's bad enough I'm stealing Prof's pen. That he comes on the morning show, and when asked about the economy, says, well, of course it's good. Look at the stock market. And what he doesn't tell you is that how many people are not affected by the stock market. That the stock market is not just a false flag to buy off pensioners. That's what it is. That it's also a mirror image of the true inflation, the true weakness of our dollar. That what you have when you have stocks, which is the currency of individual companies, rising for no fundamental reason, is you have the reflection of the weakness of a currency that has been quadrupled, more than quadrupled since Obama took office, with the click of a mouse. And that the the call by Republicans, by so-called capitalists, is to continue that road. Not one economist is rejecting the new Janet Yellen without the cleavage. His name escapes me, and it's irrelevant. Because it's the same policy of the Federal Reserve. Just keep printing. And Macbeth, we're celebrating the birth of his son. That poor kid doesn't know the debt he's in. He's fresh out of the chute. He's got debt he'll never be able to pay off. And that the call for by the economists who, were, who loved to talk about Ronald Reagan is don't worry. Inflation of 3% a year, that's good. Well, ask the kid driving Uber right now if he can afford a 3% increase in every cost he's got. 
that that giving him a, a welfare check in the form of an earned income tax credit isn't helping him, it's corrupting him. That what these Keynesians have learned is, once people are cut in on the scam, on the lie, on the fraud, they really won't reject it. That what's happened is we're being overthrown. Our liberty is destroyed. It's shrinking every day. Not here, not at the Liberty Hour. Give us a call, 312-642-5600. You're listening to the Liberty Hour with Sean Thompson. Get on the line with Sean by calling... 312-642-5600. Don't believe those phony numbers when you hear 4.9 and 5% unemployment. The number's probably 28, 29, as high as 35. In fact, I even heard recently 42%. Do you think we'd have gatherings like this if we we had 5% unemployment? Do you really think we'd have these? Now, those are the numbers that Trump rightfully so, and that's the kind of stuff that got him elected, rightfully so rejected. When they were the unemployments under Obama, when they were the unemployment numbers, excuse me, under Obama, they were poppycock. Now that he's in charge, ah, we're at full unemployment. That right now, ah, we've achieved the perfect equilibrium of employment in the economy. The economy is raging. GDP is raging. However, we still need a trillion dollars of infrastructure spending. Do you hear the schizophrenia? In our government, that they want us on one hand, they cart out side saddle Grover Norquist, who tells me that tax cuts are, they're great. Tax cuts are great. Then I got to hear Stephen Moore, the stock market's up. Don't worry. Stock market's up. Everything's great. It's raging. And in the same hand, you, okay, so, so 30 seconds ago, everything's great. But by the way, we need a trillion dollars more of government spending. And then Trump will distract us with the magical myth of perfect trade. Right where everything's all equal and we export and we import exactly whatever Trump and his cohorts feel is exactly what it should be. Forget the fact that trade really is a two-party institution between the buyer and the seller, and that is the risk of capitalism to take for the trader to do it. No, no, no. That's not good enough. We must protect unions. We must protect price controls. And we must backdoor devalue our dollar with tariffs. You know what all of this is? Whether it's the tariffs whether it's the the government spending to fake employment, to fake a good economy, to fake GDP, these are the pillars of Keynesianism. That Keynesianism is something that both parties have swallowed, that both parties think is, is reality. And the funny thing is, you know, Shaggy, you wouldn't know it by the fact that I write down three things when I do the show, but I actually put a little thought, I put a lot of thought into the show. And for the last two and a half days, now... My my economics training didn't happen like prof at Northwestern. I didn't go to school with Montesquieu and Chip, right? I'm, I don't I, I don't even know anybody with the number three after their name. I'm not one of these elitist guys. I don't. I, my economics training came forward at the Chicago Mercantile Exchange, where I just wanted to do well, and I had a couple guys hand me a couple good books, and where I realized that the basic trader, the fundamental floor trader, was a better fundamental economist than these morons and buffoons you see carted in front of you, that they're selling you this Keynesian quagmire of slow-motion loss 
So because what they realize is that's the strength of government tyranny. That's the strength of government future taxation and manipulation. That when things fail really bad, what do people do? They turn to the most corrupt, the political whores we call representatives in Washington for answers. And that once we do that, Mike on the north side is exactly right. That's where the the corruption comes in hand. That what you have are politicians now in control of trillions upon trillions of dollars directed in areas they want. That it's no coincidence that every congressman and every senator has a net worth of $5 million or more. That guys like Mitch McConnell, who have been in office since the 80s, with the little S on his Zanzibar pants, that they have done nothing in real life like we do every day, yet he's worth $40 million. I just found out a friend of mine called me the other day, Shaggy. He said, you know Condoleezza, you remember Condoleezza Rice? Yeah. You know she's worth $50 million? Well, how is she worth $50 million? That the real form of American capitalism today comes in the form of selling its corruption through campaign, through lobbying. That if you're, if you got Macbeth's kid, forget about law school, forget about being a day trader or trying to be an entrepreneur. If this kid wants a bright future, he better go in the lobbying. That's where the real bucks are. That's where the trillions of dollars are. And where's the Republican outrage? Where's the a citizen outrage calling for, for less power, for a laissez-faire government, for more property rights, calling for the fundamentals of our country? Where are they? They're called the, uh, what are they called now? The alt-right, the libertarian, the radical capitalist, that they're discounted. That now what we have in store is different versions of the same tribalism. It's, it's disheartening at best. It's enraging at most. But here's what Sharon shows you, that little glimmer of hope. When she says, now I don't advocate her, her, her plan for not paying your taxes, Shaggy. Listen, I'm too charming to be in prison. So I'm not advocating that. But what capitalists can do is unite. What people can do in, in unison is unite and just not produce. That's the beauty of capitalism. It's based on production. If really the people who are the, the ones who are going to be attacked under this Republican misuse of, of a progressive tax system, if they just say, ah, you know what, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. So for a month, I'm going to bring you to your knees. Like, that's what I want to do with the Obamacare. Obamacare is here to stay, baby. These politicians aren't going to get rid of it. They love its failure because it's the power over us. Well, how do you break it? All the healthy people stop. I decided I'm not paying anymore. I decided I'm out in unison. Now it starts small. Me and Sharon will start it off. And hopefully it grows to $20 million. And you know what you got then? You got a, you got a, 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 a revolt of ideas. You've got the fundamental basis of free men saying, I refuse to be a a, a slave anymore. You're not going to abuse me with your laws because I'm simply not going to produce. You don't have to do anything illegal. Sitting on your derriere isn't illegal. If it was, half of Chicago would be arrested. Let's go to Steve. Steve, how are you, brother? I'm doing good, Sean. Good work as always. Oh, uh, Steve, hold on, hold on, hold on. Shaggy, you got to give me the heads up, the time. Steve, you're our first caller in the next segment. Hang on with me, brother. I'm sorry. I got a new producer. His hat's on backwards. He don't know if it's Tuesday or July. Shaggy, you got the clock in front of you? All right, we're good with the clock. If I'm wrong, Shaggy, about Paul Ryan, about government, if I'm wrong about this 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 tyranny, this oppressive, the power of lobbyists, how does a guy from Kenosha, Wisconsin, 
with a with a hairdo like Woody from Toy Story, who's never had a job in his adult life. How does he raise twenty million dollars in a year? Kenosha, Wisconsin. How much could it all be worth? Right? I'll give you four million for the whole thing. He raises twenty million in a year, one year. Because that's the prostitution of our government. And I don't care what you call it. Oh, it's free speech. Yeah, sure it is. Tell me more. It's corporations, it's self-aggrandizing politicians, and it's pay-to-play. Old Chicago-style politics, baby. The best politics money can buy. Now, I went to our guy Steve right before the break as the music kicked in because Shaggy screwed up on the clock. Give me Steve. Steve, thanks for calling the show. No problem. You were talking about the Fed before, and I was just curious. If you had ever read the book First Principles by John Taylor, he's an economist at Stanford. No, I didn't. And uh, he was actually up uh, for the Fed chair job uh, just recently. He was uh, one of the two finalists. And unfortunately, Trump didn't pick him because I think his philosophy is very similar to yours. And he would have really changed that Fed around. And I think that's what they were afraid of and why he didn't get the job. Steve, they can't afford to pick a guy who believes like me. They can't afford to pick somebody who's, who, who, who doesn't want to go down this path of, of debt. You know, it's beautiful when you think about it. It's corruption and it's, it, and it's disguised as virtue. We've got money, $20 trillion that can be used as a weapon against our society at any time they want to. They don't even count in the unfunded liabilities, which total in excess of $260 trillion. And you, you've, got, you've got guys, I had an Uber driver tell me the other day, ah, don't worry, what's the, what's the difference, a trillion dollars? Steve, it's mind-boggling to me that people are talking about a trillion dollars like it's nothing. That it is now... It, it, it desensitized us to it. it, it the, the concept of how much money the government has to tax us to get that trillion dollars, that they, right now, under Obama, have never taxed more of, no nation in the history has ever seized more from its citizens than the American government, and it's still not enough. They could basically take everything we have, Steve. They can't put a dent in it. Can't put a dent in it. That these guys, that Janet Yellen and her new guy, without the cleavage Janet Yellen, transgendering Janet Yellen, they have no idea how to get out of this. They're as scared as children on on a roller coaster. You could see the look in their face. They have no idea what's going to happen. And they're tinkering, and they're experimenting, and they're playing with our future. But more important, you know, I just turned 50, Steve. 50, I can't even believe it. More than my future, it's about my grandkids that I don't know. It's about Macbeth's yeah. new son that's not out of the hospital. It's about these, the future of our, of our existence, our future citizens. What are you, how are you going to take it from them? You have to come up with creative new ways just to break even. That you have a bunch of politicians that don't care. They don't care. So the reality is, Steve, we are those free-range slaves. We are free-range slaves. That's what I feel. Steve, I can't thank you enough for calling the show. I'm sorry we got to you on the clock. Um, but I don't want to be. I'm an idealist. I love the story of our founding. I love the idea that in this country we're supposed to have representation, not rulers. And I don't like the idea that these scoundrels are cloaking their tyranny in virtue. That this entire arrangement we have between this oligarch, this is now a kleptocracy, that our, our politicians, each one of them are raising endless, endless millions for what? For people not to have the power of government used against them. That this is, is the most diabolical of all tyrannies because we pretend it isn't. That's not what we were promised. That's, we need that revolt of ideas. And we do it peacefully. You do it through information. You do it through recognizing the con, the lies, whether they're sold by Republicans or they're sold by Democrats. Socialism is a failure of slow motion. Reject it. Demand liberty. 
Fastest hour of the weekend, Shaggy. You did great except for the one screw-up. We will be back next week, 10 to 11. Thanks for listening. And you can catch us on Facebook, at Sean from Elmwood Park, in case you missed the show. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.